Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we will be talking about how to manage a bad training day. And yeah, look, before you jump in, you've got your voice back after a week of Sherelle not having a voice. Can anyone actually imagine how that would have gone down? That is ridiculous. So hard. Like, you know, talking is one of my strong points. <laughs> and to lose my voice, I seriously thought I wouldn't get it back, Danny. I was yeah. like, it's gone. You know, when something like that happens and it feels like it's forever? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's your superpower, your voice. Yeah. Well, look, it was really quiet around the house and <laughs> I did improve my listening skills quite a bit, but a lot of what I do with coaching is um, group Zooms and yeah, seminars man. and stuff. So uh, thank God I have one of my um, coaches who stood up and sort of took over for me, but there's oh, always cool. positives that come out of things. Like I was like, okay, like need to learn how to delegate, need to learn how to listen more, need to learn how to rest. You know, the universe has these funny ways of forcing you into things you need to start doing more of. Yeah, 100%. Whenever we have an illness or, you know, get run down or an injury, it means normally that we're doing a lot. We are in overdrive and in the nature of what we do for a career, sometimes you can get stuck in that position. If you're not physically able to work, the work doesn't get done. So it's good that Mm -hmm. you took that lesson out of it. I mean, that's how my online coaching started. I was in bed with food poisoning because I was just a pure hands-on face-to-face practitioner. And I'm like, God, I'm bedridden. Um, Mm. I'm just going to start a new business concept. And that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's how new ideas and and, um, creativity and innovation start. Always starts from a problem. So, Mm. you know, the problem is never the problem. There's always a solution if you can look beyond it. And look, I was very um, (laughs) negative for a couple of days. Like my eyes probably said enough. Luke was like, Mm. I am walking on eggshells. But it was so hard. Luke cops everything. (laughs) Of course he does. It's part of the job. He signed up for it. Oh, did you have to write down on a piece of paper and hold up a sign or did you use Siri or how'd you do it? Oh, I just, you know, when people were talking to me or when things were coming in or Luke was chatting to me, I'd, I'd want to talk, like I'd want to say mm. things, right? And, you know, Siri and typing, it takes so long. So yeah. I just learned to like not respond unless I had to. It was crazy. And even <laughs> Luke's like, this is so frustrating. And I'm yeah. boiling inside. I'm like frustrated like I just want to get I just want to talk um yeah and it was I was on my story and I was clearing my throat and I had um a pediatric um speech pathologist message me and was like Shrell clearing your throat um or whispering is actually 10 times worse for your vocal cords than if you were just trying to talk normal just because it's so inflamed already and when you're whispering Uh. it's like accessing different muscles and I was like can I do anything? <laughs> I've just got to shut my mouth for three days. <laughs> so that's Isn't that funny? Like anytime you try and do something, there's always someone, like it's out of love and care, but it just throws a complete yes. curveball. So what are you yeah. meant to do? Just let the phlegm sit in your throat. Well, it was so funny. So it, I wasn't, it wasn't swollen. It wasn't phlegmy. Like I wasn't actually physically sick. It was just, I had no voice. And mm. so that sort of, to me, highlights as a bit of a viral thing. Like yeah. it's not back 
bacterial, it's just viral and those like a viral infections. Yeah. So yeah, those viral infections, infections usually flare up when you're run down. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is a lesson. I just need to shut my mouth for a couple of days, <laughs> do what I can. And we're so fortunate with online work, right? Thank we God. can still work, but the irony in it all is the night before I was saying to Luke, what happens if I get sick one day? You know, you're like, kidding. I, I kid you not, Danny. I kid you not. The <laughs> night before I was laying in bed telling Luke, what if I get sick one day? And the next day I woke up with a bit of a rusty voice, yeah, you oh. know, still trained, yeah. like still felt good. I was like a bit croaky. That's fine. Then the following day, completely mute. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my Lord, what have I done? So, yeah. you know, obviously we're here chatting. And yes. this is what um, has stemmed the title of this episode of how to manage a bad training day, because I've just had the week from hell. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, this morning I received a, a message from Sherelle saying, I've got an idea for, for an episode, how to manage a bad training day. And you could sense the frustration coming through <laughs> and um, naturally, yeah. So I suppose the word bad, it's used a lot in anything, whether you're describing something um, objectively or, you know, food or something. And we all have our own perception of what bad is. So I'm going to ask you, Sherelle, what does bad mean to you regarding training? Yeah, good point. I mean, bad to me is not being able to get my prescribed session in that I wanted to. Um, get through a session comfortably. So if I get any niggles and things like that, I'm sort of like, "Mm, no, that's not right. Shouldn't be feeling this. Mm. Uh, Energy levels is a big one as well. Like I'm not too fixated on say the weight on the bar, but if I feel lethargic uh, in my training, like it reflects, it sort of reflects Mm. through. So that was a big one for me, obviously coming off the back end of a viral sort of thing, being a bit run down. Like I have not yeah. had a good training session in over a week, to be honest, or a decent one. So today was like a bit of a learning curve coming out of um, training and when it rains, it pours. So when I'm a bit run down, old niggles come back. My body's just not recovering. I don't have the energy. I'm not as motivated or as driven. So it seems to um, all come on, but it's really important. And I pull myself up on this to not let it snowball yeah. into, you know, a bad rest of the day in every other area or mm-hmm. rest of the week or rest of the month, like take it as a lesson. But what does bad mean to you, Danny? Have you had anything like that happen? Look, not... <sighs> Not for a while to be, I don't want to rub it in, but my training's on fire, mate. I'm so sorry, but things just feel really good, yin and yang. But let's keep it um, for the nature of this podcast. I mean, it it happens to everyone. We're never going to have a textbook workout, sets, reps, weight, and all of that. You know, something's going to happen and we might get distracted. We might have a little niggle, as you said, and this is normal. This is what life is. And it kind of makes me think of people, you know, when they want to start committing to something, they try and wait for like a perfect amount of time where they don't have an event or they they feel really strong and, and all of that to commit. But that's not realistic because life is going to throw you these challenges left, right, and center. Um, and so, yeah, like, we can, I suppose, reframe it, but the nature, you know, you and I can talk about the psychology behind as much as we want, but when it does happen to you, it's shit and it's deflating. Like, and we're, you know, obviously you're experiencing that right now, but we want everyone to know that there's no such thing as smooth sailing all the time and you will get these curveballs. 
Um, but yeah, I suppose it's just a matter of uh, always looking for, cool, what can I do in this moment? What mm. can I do? Because it's very clear what we can't do sometimes, but what can you do? There's always something you can. Yeah, it all comes down to perspective and mindset. And mm-hmm. so much easier to say it than do it. Isn't it? it? Like I experienced that right now. You know, you're like frowning like, while you're saying it. Yeah, oh. it's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> what I tell my clients, I'm like, I need to remind myself sometimes. Like, of course. You, know, you need to take your own advice. But what does bad training mean to you, Danny? Like, have you had anything like it in the past? Training's obviously on fire at the moment, but it can't always <laughs> be like that. <laughs> um, I suppose the biggest thing that shocked my system was when I think it was a couple of years ago, I ended up hurting my back training um, when I was maybe eight weeks out from a show. Oh, I remember that. that. Yeah, two years ago, I reckon. That was the biggest curveball because I was on fire with my deadlifts. I was doing this, doing that, but then I just lapsed in concentration and my technique wavered. I didn't, you know, have that tension in the lift. And then all of a sudden I couldn't bend down and pick things up anymore. It wasn't anything super tragic, but it did throw a big curveball because then all of my hip hinging movements had to disappear for like three weeks and mm-hmm. all of my deadlifts disappeared for a little bit. Um, so that was, yeah. And then there were times in prep. I remember, you know, after a big shift at work and I'd be at the gym and then I just walked home not walked home stuck because I was too tired. I drove home. I walked out of the gym and just called it. I'm like, nah. so there are those times. Um, but I suppose the longer that we train, we know what works well and what doesn't. And then it's easier to put yourself in a position where you can have a training session that feels good. But then when it comes to something like a viral in, um, illness I don't know why I can't talk now a viral illness or something like that there's that fine line of letting your body rest but then you want to get back into it how soon is too soon like Mm -hmm. yeah so there's that that messy point of you getting back into it and your breathing might be a bit heavy and you might not be able to you know move the bar smoothly or the weight but I feel like everyone goes through it to be honest it's Mm. normal Mm. yeah but you don't see it like it might be normal but no one posts their shit sets or no one posts their failed attempts or no one posts them leaving the gym early. They don't. So it can be, it can be, you can feel isolated in that. Like we know, we know the the case because we've had to push ourselves like so far with training and nutrition before that, of course, it's not always going to be great, but it can be yeah. really disheartening for people when they get, um, especially starting at the gym, because the longer that you have off, um, or when you first start doing something, it's act, it's not going to feel great. I felt yeah. that getting back into training after um, being in ISO for six weeks, my first few weeks were rubbish. I felt mm. weak. My nervous system was detrained. Um, I was shaking. I had lots of DOMS. Like I was tired all the time. Like your body goes through these sorts of phases mm. and, you know, you can lose motivation and the strength for a little bit, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to say it. You need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, that has not made an appearance in so long. And I'm, I'm oh, I know good it's been moment. well. Good moment. But one of um one of my actual coaches um has had this great analogy that she shared with me the other day about self-sabotage. Um it's like she was explaining it like a car, right? So like your life is like a car, you're the driver, you've got all your baggage in the back seat, all your emotions oh. and those sorts of things. If you get a flat tire, you're not gonna get out and slash all the other three tires. You're oh, gonna wow. change the one tire. So if you have a bad training session, you know, don't go home and self-sabotage by binging and throwing your 
macros out or like breaking down a relationship or yelling at your partner or taking that last one yelling at your partner (laughs) that was for you Luke (laughs) I'm working on it I'm working on it um because self-sabotage shows up in different areas Mm. but it's usually stemmed from one thing that didn't go the way that we predicted it to I like that. That's powerful. And it makes Mm. so much sense hearing it like that for sure. Um, Yeah, definitely. So it's happened to us personally. It's happened to clients and all of that. But this is the art of training. There's never going to be a perfect, smooth time. And if there was, it'd be boring. Where's the challenge? We live for challenges. You know, obviously this is an an ideal situation for you. But, hey, we're making the most of it by talking about it on a podcast now. And now people will be able to relate to it because it's a real life human thing that people go through. Um, So, yeah, why do these things happen? Why do we have a period of time where our training session just feels a bit off? Mm. Yeah. So obviously physical injury or illness, like what we've just spoken about, Mm. Danny, like, and myself, you know, going through injuries in the past, you got to pull back. Training's not going to feel great. Um, A lot of the times you might have the strength there as well, but you actually don't pre-qualify to sort of tap into that yet. You've got to slow things down and pull back. And that doesn't feel good on the ego or we don't get those same, the same mental stimulus from not being able to push as hard. But, you know, training is a balance between that push and pull and knowing when to pull back if you're injured or sick is really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose we can separate the sick versus injured. So if you're sick, just don't train. Like I think it is so important to save your energy for healing because Mm -hmm. if you're sick or even hungover, you know how you've got people like, I'm going to have a big training session and I'm hungover and sweat it out. I've never been that person because a hangover is like withdrawal symptoms and your body's under stress and trauma. So Mm -hmm. if you go and try and do a big session and sweating it out, like that's not going to help anything. Your body needs energy to rest, just like with an illness. There's a difference between, let's just say you're a bit, um, you know, your your clout, your nose is blocked. You've got a little bit of a sore throat, but you might go out for a nice walk outside, get some fresh air, get the blood pumping and some like, you know, um, drainage of of all your lymph glands and all of that. Great. Do that, but don't Mm. kill yourself in a workout if you're feeling run down or sick. No point. Yeah. And I like to think of it as um, I always used to tell people if symptoms are above the the head, they're okay. So if you're a bit congested, Mm. um, like a bit of a headache, a bit run down or a bit of a snotty nose or sore throat, that's usually okay. Once they get below the the head, so um, body fatigue, core Mm. body temperature going up, um, obviously any physical injury, but when it starts to become like a whole body thing, that's when you really need to be like, really need to be like, okay, what's going on? If I'm getting sick, like what you said, I need my body to recover. That's the Mm. first priority. And I always used to think if I go into the gym when I'm actually sick and try and push, the session is going to be shit anyways. And then it's going to wreck potential good sessions and it's just going to prolong my sickness, not to mention you could get other people sick, which to me is sort of selfish in a way. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, okay, maybe I don't want to stay home, right, if I'm physically sick, but I probably should for other people. 
Yeah, I used I was I used to have these my friends when we're younger. I suppose because I grew up in I don't know my my dad being Greek. I always wash my hands like it's pre- pretty much like a COVID lifestyle as me being a child. You have to always put the Windex put, on everything. Put the Windex on everything. Wash your hands before you eat. You know all of that hygiene stuff, yeah. and that's great. But my close group of friends, you know, they were free spirits playing in the mud, and that's awesome too. I was very jealous. However. Um, you know, they'd always come over and they were just so sick. And then I'm like, mm. why would you do that? Or the person mm. that rocks up to work and they're just, they're snot coming out of their nose. And it's just like, just stay home, please. Yeah. I don't know why I, that memory just came up, but just stay home if you're unwell. It's okay. Yes. I actually, um, like, I never really had that mindset because like in as a nurse and a midwife, it was like, frowned upon if you came to work unwell Mm. you're dealing with babies and sick people like that's why to me I'm like that is selfish like call in sick it's okay like that's what society wants you to do unfortunately it's sort of that there might be stigma in some workplaces that don't encourage that which is just a shame to me like you know are you sure you're sick I can I don't know heaps of people that have sort of (laughs) like on mean girls (laughs) I'm sick (laughs) the fakest (laughs) cop in the world yeah (laughs) I can't come in, but that, that, that might like that mentality needs to die. Yeah. It's a real old school, like push through it, like have three hours sleep. Doesn't matter if you're sick, like you sleep when you're dead, put it in the bin, put Mm. it in the bin with the plastic water bottles. Yeah. Get rid of it. The other thing that really does impact um, your training a lot is sleep quality. I can't Mm. even stress that enough. And I think going through lots of night duty and stuff as well, myself, like experiencing how fatigue, extreme fatigue can impact um, not only your training, but your nervous system, like how hard you can push, how well you can recruit those muscles. It's really important to take that into consideration. You know, if you've had a big weekend on the piss and you think that you're just going to slide in and have a nice sweaty session and still hit your numbers and your PBs, it's probably not going to happen. No chance. I mean, because I deadlift on Mondays in the morning and when I had um, my cousin's birthday, I think it was about three weeks ago, I was standing in high heels and that actually hurts my knees a little bit, like after dancing for a few hours and that I had to change. And I stayed up. It wasn't even that late, like maybe 2 a.m., which is late for me, actually, and most of us. Oh, yeah, that's like that's like pretty late. Um I had to just I made the call on Monday. I'm like, I'm not going to deadlift today. My body just I need to rest yep. a little bit more even though it was on Saturday. And then I just pushed it to Tuesday and it was a much better session. Like yep. just because it was written in the books or oh, deadlift days Monday. Well, I had to listen to my body and say, no, I'm going to do it on Tuesday. So you've got to be flexible. People think mm. that it's a bad thing if you change your workouts around. Like, no way. No you need way. to do it. Get your sleep. Be well rested, particularly if you know you're about to have a big leg session the next day. All right, cool. That will work well. If you know that you're going to have a late night just because we do and we live life and that's okay, then maybe put a lighter session the next day, upper body or something like that. Yeah. Well, have a rest day. Mm. Yeah, or have a rest day. I think people get so hung up and being like, okay, Monday's heavy deads or Monday's heavy squats. I must do this. And I definitely come from that auto-regulating styled approach when it comes to training for that exact reason. You know, you might just not feel up to it. Yeah. And that's okay, but there's a difference between your body telling you that you shouldn't do it and then your mind. Are you being Mm. lazy or do you actually have physical symptoms that are telling you to not do it? That's when you need to be in tune with yourself. You need to be realistic and say, am I actually making an excuse 
or is it better if I have a rest day rather mm. than just not going? But I mean, it's interesting. Um, just quickly jumping back to physical in, um, injury, a lot of people think that you should rest if you have an injury, but that's really not the case. I mean, look, give yourself one or two days to regroup if you need, mm. but I still get people reaching out to me. And there was one um, trainer yesterday who reached out and said one of her clients got advice from a physio because she had a bit of a sore shoulder, her client, and not to, you know, bag anyone out, but I think it's an important message. You know, the physio gave the advice to not train her upper body for six months. And I just think that that is ridiculous. Like, A, that is a massive call to not train upper body for six Mm. months. And B, if we physically stop using our shoulder, that's how people get frozen shoulder because they get so, they pin it to their body and they stop using it in day-to-day life. And then Mm -hmm. there is no way in hell you will ever be able to lift your shoulder again if it gets to that point. So, Mm. um, you know, have a couple of rest days, that's fine, but get, back into training straight away and if you don't Mm. know what you can do again ask for help as we always say Mm. absolutely come on man yeah i used to work in an orthopedic practice and we would get um, patients up after a total hip replacement after six hours see get up get moving like that's the that was and that because that is what is linked to quicker recovery Mm. is movement it's actually Mm -hmm. not laying in bed and resting it and these are people who i don't know if anyone knows what happens with a total hip replacement orthopods they are one hell of a surgeon you know they get in there Mm. and like there's legs everywhere it's traumatic to the body so if you just you know if you've hurt your shoulder and stuff like that like we always say movement is medicine Mm. so getting moving around your um your capabilities is so important to be able to tell the body to start healing again to start moving again because yeah like no muscle moves in isolation either so Mm. it's okay to get up and get doing just avoid what hurts right like general common knowledge um perfect really good point there and like moving back onto the sleep quality as Mm. well like what you said Danny it's really hard to know you're like am I just making up excuses Mm. or do I need to pull back and for people that are like really objective driven something that we both do is use like an aura ring to be able to track our own sleep and it gives us give me the flick there the flitter (laughs) I don't have mine on at the moment why aren't you wearing yours it's charging Oh, I charge mine when I'm in the shower. That's my routine. That's the one time I take it off. I've got a sick tan line of it. So do I. Don't you? Yeah. I put on my middle finger too, actually. Yep. Um, yep. I charge it when I'm about to have the, have a shower and then, yep, we're good to go. Yeah. But what it does anyway. is it, it measures something called heart rate variability. Mm. So this is... Um, HRV is something that measures your sympathetic nervous system in comparison to your parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest or flight and flight. So it measures how well your CNS is balancing. So this this recovery and this yin and yang, there should be a good balance between both of those nervous system um, branches. Mm. So when you can wear a trackable, like an aura ring or something that does measure your sleep quality, that's actually reliable, it will tell you like what your score is, what your recovery score is. Mm. And um, there's a great podcast um, that you've probably all heard of called the Mind Muscle Project. They interviewed um, a strength and conditioning coach called um, Joel Jameson Mm. last year in September. And he is like one of the experts in conditioning. So there's a lot of people, like a lot of strength and conditioning coaches that are really good on the strength side. This guy is like the wizard of conditioning and how we should use cardiovascular um, exercise 
exercise to improve our recovery and use our HRV to navigate our training sessions. So they did a whole episode with him on um, how to use your HRV score in your training. So Mm. it's a really great episode by the boys um, at MMP. I'll have to have a listen to that because that's something that I think, you know, you see it on your aura ring and all of that, but no one's really gone into complete detail. I'm going to actually Mm. tune in and listen to that one because it's so important to know. Yeah. And with HRV as well, it's so funny. So everyone's HRV scores different. Like you can't compare them. So I couldn't Mm. compare mine to Danny's because it's individualized to me. So what is low for me um, might not be low for Danny because it depends on our other um, biometric data that the aura ring measures. Mm. But what I'll say is like when I used to do night duty, right? So say my HRV is around 80 at a maintenance, it would go down to like 15 after night duty yeah that's how gassed it would be so the lower lower scores aren't better you want them to be high around a maintenance um and something that's really interesting is like it'll drop during my menstrual cycle it'll drop when i'm getting sick it'll drop when my core temperature goes up so lots of people use their hrv to know when to push in training so what joel jameson um talks about on this episode with the boys on mmp is how to use that score and it's really important that to know that your HRV is actually an indicator of how well you will recover, not necessarily how much strength or how hard you can push. So if your HRV is low, it means that the deadly session you're about to get into, it's going to take you longer to recover. So your Mm. squat session on Wednesday might be rubbish because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So for those, because aura rings are quite pricey, even though they're brilliant Mm. and we both swear by them. Are there any other tools that people can use to track this instead? Yeah, well, I know the boys on MMP um, use something called a whoop band, whoop. and I've seen yeah whoop, and I've <laughs> seen a lot of um, a lot of people use the whoop, especially in the CrossFit community. Um, it's a subscription based one, so it's a little bit different. It's like a heart rate um, monitor mm. on your wrist, like a watch, um, but it's one of the most reliable ones, second to Aura, I believe. So there is lots out there. I just firmly believe you've got to. You know, you get what you pay for, which is unfortunate, but all your Fitbits that track sleep, it's just not reliable. No, and I think everyone should be tracking sleep and knowing about it more because it's often the one thing that falls to the wayside in people's routine. If they're a bit stressed, have a lot to do or avoiding something, um, you know, people just avoid their sleep. They, they don't prioritize it. So the more educated that we can be on it, the better. Um, so yeah, the boys at MMP, they have a lot of sleep specialists on there and I'll definitely be checking it out. Uh, cause I'd love to learn more about it myself, but make sure you guys listen to their show and subscribe to their show. They bring out three episodes a week and they're fun. They're informative. And I always learn something every time. So I'll definitely be listening to that one. Mm. And the other thing that can obviously impact your training is nutrition. So 100%. that's a big one. Yep. People were training fasted. <laughs> I, know I always how you give feel that a about dig. that. <laughs> I always give that a dig. I just, where's your body going to get energy from? You've just spent yep. X amount. Let's just say you've listened to one of those episodes. You got you got your eight hours. You're going to go do PBs in the gym, like lift heavy shit. Where are you going to get the fuel from? There's no petrol in the car, mate. You need to. Danny, eat you're something. Like, where are you going to get? That's the my food passive, food? like aggressive, like just yep. do it. Just eat something. Yeah. food is fuel but look i can understand because there's a lot of bs out there that sort of says you know if you exercise faster you're going to burn more fat and (laughs) but drink these aminos (laughs) 
but drink these aminos and we counteract. It's like, mate, you're not even fasting. It's sort of taste. You're not fasting if you're having aminos or milk in your coffee. No, no. But what I will say is studies show that if you train fasted during that one hour session, yes, you will burn more lipids or more fat as an energy source. However, that is outweighed over the next 24 hours. It will counteract. So our body doesn't just like lose fat in one session. It doesn't. It's Mm. the calorie intake over the course of the day, Mm. a week, a month, the averages that really do matter. So if you feel good, like training fasted, right? Like for some people do, you know, some Mm. people do feel good. They're probably not pushing for numbers or strict hypertrophy or whatever it might be. They're probably getting their, their exercise in before they head to work. And that's great. That's fine. But I think it's just about understanding and knowing like all the data, what's best, what's optimal, right? What's optimal. Um, And then being like, cool. Okay. Well, look, I feel sick when I eat in the morning. So this is what's practical for me, but know that you're not going to be at peak performance if you're fasted. Yeah, perfect. No one likes to feel nauseous in a session. We've all been there too, and that actually sucks. Um, So it really just depends because it's easier for the body to break down muscle for energy than fats. Mm. And just remember how hard it is to build that damn muscle in the first place. You want to hold on to it. Um, I know a lot of like triathletes and runners and all that. Fair enough. You're not going to have a full meal beforehand, but you know, those um, glucose tablets or pace or whatever, or even baby food. I know one of my friends who runs a lot has those baby food sachets. Just get something in protein shake, half a banana, a couple of little teaspoons of yogurt, something. Mm. Um, yeah but, and our yeah, digestive system is is um like a creature of habit so if you're not hungry in the morning you've got to start feeding it for it to recognize that that's a time the leads you know i used to yeah. get nauseous on night duty trying eating at 2 a.m because my stomach wasn't used to it right mm. but by the end of the night it's like day four or five it'd be fine so you, you need to reintroduce you need to train your body in every element that you want it to adapt to if you want to be able to eat a good hearty breakfast to support your training start with something small like start mm. with like a bit of toast and banana or a protein shake or just something really little so that it can age your performance and recovery yeah and have a smaller meal at night because you know sometimes you go out to dinner you just eat the house down and then you're not hungry for like so many hours in the morning swap that around have a bigger like eventually build up to smaller meals right before bed um and then you'll be more hungry in the morning when you wake up yeah absolutely i don't know who started hating on breakfast these days a lot of i feel like breakfast used to be lazy people yeah, I don't know. Breakfast is my fave. I love oh. it. Big. It's the biggest meal for me. Like I sit down like it's three a bits of toast, three eggs, bacon, mm. like everything. The other thing that you can do with nutrition as you become more advanced is you you figure out what food sources and macro splits actually work best for you when you start training. So for me personally, I know like I always respond best to balance, mm. um, but I need some fats pre-workout and usually I'll, I'll function best off like a savory um, breakfast. So bacon and eggs and those sorts of things rather than just like oats and protein powder. It sort of just doesn't sustain my workouts. Yeah, you're spot on because um, I train about 10 a.m. That's my sweet spot after ages of trial and error and swapping things around. So I wake up, have something like oats and protein, go for a little walk, do my morning routine, come back and then have the savory or swap it around. I wake up and have the savory. Like sometimes I have barramundi for breakfast. Like love it. it is what it is. I just have my dinner food for breakfast. What is breakfast? It's meal That's one. That's the thing. You go to Japan <laughs> and they're eating rice and their oh. seaweed and their fish. It's, oh, 
beautiful. Anyway, um, have something that's going to sustain you. So I have my full meal in the morning and then a little a little carb boost, I call it. So my yeah. oats or my rice, whatever. And then I hit the gym. So you just, yeah, I just find personally with more food, I perform way better. But if I mm. one day had to train at 6 p.m., I would reverse everything. Smaller meals in the morning and then do that thing. So a big meal about an hour before and then a little carb boost just before my workout. And then definitely still have a meal after. A lot of people who train at night, I've had a few questions saying, well, do I eat a meal after my session? A hundred percent you do. You need mm. to. Mm. Here's Luke, Luke yelling playing at the, in the background. Station. What's he doing playing COD? Someone's got to work when I go around. Down there. <laughs> this is a moment that he wishes your voice was still gone, eh? This is a two-story house and I can hear him from That's downstairs. massive. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, but, yeah, nutrition is a big one. And the other one that goes underrated is dehydration. So yes. by the time you are thirsty, you're already dehydrated. That's what you need to realise is that that quench that you're, um, like you feeling thirsty. Sorry, I screwed that up. Um, <laughs> that quench that you have <laughs> When you feel thirsty, um, it's like a, a delayed response to you already being dehydrated. So in the, you know, you wake up, you're actually not thirsty, right? Like you don't feel like it, but you were so dehydrated. I'm, I just forced myself to drink like, you know, half a liter in the morning around yeah, sort of breakfast, cup of coffee. And a lot of people always say like, how much water should I be drinking? And I really do believe it's individualized. Like mm. I grew up drinking a lot of water, like grew up in a hot place. So mm. we always had cold water in the fridge, always had a water bottle on us. I'd probably drink four liters a day and I feel like if I don't I would feel dehydrated oh yeah and you've seen me I take my my drink bottles like my third arm it's everywhere with me I have like attachment issues to my water bottle um Mm. but as I mentioned one of the earlier podcasts it got to the point because I'm on a lot of supplements for my menstrual cycle from Gabby who we had on she's like Danny you're drinking too much water you're peeing out all your supplements I'm like no so now I stick to about um still about three liters even though i don't really measure it i just love water yeah it's so good yeah Uh, yeah i feel and if you don't Um, put a lemon in it or some of that sugar-free um cordial from woolies or coles that goes in nicely yeah make it taste good make it taste i don't know how people don't like what the filtered water that we're on is Mm. just a game changer even luke's like this is delicious in comparison to tap water like now that we've got filtered water it is just it is like it's like drinking something that's just like saturating your soul, right? And when I go home, like rainwater, oh, oh. so good. Is it's that filtered? Rainwater. Mm. I think we might have a filter in there, um, Luke. I am really sorry if you heard that. He's texting you. <laughs> so as if you heard my yelling. Don't worry, you and he thousands of other people heard it too. <laughs> as long as I he won't wins. tell anyone, Luke. Don't tell um, anyone. <laughs> You will be sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't. Um, but yeah, I grew up on rainwater. So when I went, I moved, I studied in Ballarat at uni, went there. The water's disgusting because they add fluoride to it for you. Oh, tea. yeah. Mm. And I reckon I was dehydrated for two months. I kid you not. I reckon I just drank Passion Pop for the whole time. I just <laughs> Good did excuse. not do drink- Yeah, the fluoride. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Oh, <laughs> but yeah dehydration there's lots of studies lots of evidence out there that you know if you're not well hydrated you're just not going to perform your best yeah for sure good one um menstrual cycle now so i've had like six regular cycles now which i just need to say i'm so proud of and for those who are listening saying god i wish my menstrual cycle was regular 
we are working on things with Gab to just get more information out there and and to help more people because although she's a fertility specialist um, for, you know, couples trying to fall pregnant, there's still a big, we need this. We need something like our demographic because this is just so common. So more information will be coming. So for everyone who reaches out, you know, we will be looking after you um, all in good time. But anyway, menstrual cycle now, you and I always talk about, you know, when you're ovulating and, and your hormones spike, you can push. And that's so true. Yes. However, I started getting in my head about that. And when I was bleeding in my head, I was like, no, oh, now I won't really be able to lift heavy. And then I said that to one of the trainers at the gym, just like, just try it. And it kind of just snapped me into reality. I'm like, I was telling myself a story before I even tried to pick up the bar. And then it was fine. So that's my really, um, I kind of lost train of thought there, but that's my way of saying, yes, just because you are bleeding and there are rules and learn when to push, learn when to pull. It's not textbook. Just always go back to actually listening to your body. If you're bleeding and you feel strong, freaking go for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the couple of days before you start your bleed, you're in the low hormone phase. So when you're bleeding, you're usually stronger anyways. You usually can push a little bit harder. So mm. it was always, um, you know, I know I used to pull the P card in um, in school and oh, didn't you all? my period and sit on the sideline. <laughs> the handwritten note. I've got my period. Oh, yeah. so was... <laughs> Not even the handwritten note, just the male PE teacher who didn't want to argue oh, that's with awkward. you, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It wasn't until was year nine thing. I had my first um, female PE teacher who put me in my place when I called the P, the P oh, card. What did she say? <laughs> she told me to put a tampon in. Oh. I told her I wasn't swimming. Um, oh. I told her I wasn't swimming. So it was fair enough. And you know what? Good on her. You know, good on her. We all need yeah. to put, put us in our places when yeah. we try and do that. Um, I didn't know any better. I just didn't want to get my hair wet. Yeah, no shit. That was the way. Oh, I have to bring up a story again. Bless my dad. I love him. It's actually his birthday today. I'm not ragging on him, oh, but this is my birthday, dad. Yeah, I posted a couple of photos on my story of his ribs. He was a bodybuilder. By the way, guys. Yeah, he's um, it's in the family for sure. Yeah, I was the only kid in school who had to bloody wear a shower cap because I had the long, I have really long hair, and I don't know. Apparently, with wet hair, you get sick or something. So no, not a shower cap, a, a swimming cap, and that's why I hated swim class because I was the only one who had to wear. The damn swimming cap <laughs> anyway that's yeah. so funny I don't do you know, know what though how many times when we were younger were you not allowed to eat because you would sink did you ever get told that when you'd swim uh no you know what it actually would be though because if you get a stitch oh I don't know what it was I think it's a load of bs <laughs> well no it's still advice like you're not gonna sink in the water obviously but if you get a stitch and then you can't move remember how sometimes you get used to get stitches and you'd be debilitated that's what it actually is <laughs> yeah no, know, it's a real how, thing. Did, how did we get on the, the other thing I was going to say was about the hair the um the wet hair making you sick that's a bit <laughs> of a myth too <laughs> yeah thank you I need to yeah well is it though <laughs> Well, the only reason why they say it is because um, for children and babies, their head is the largest surface area of their body. So if you, um, for example, 
I've done a lot of baby bath demos, right? I've taught a lot of ba- people how to, to wash their baby. You'd mm-hmm. wash their body first and then their head when they're dry because if you wet their hair, it can get cold. Or not yet. The baby can get cold and that's why it, it can drop its temperature. I think that's sort of where it stemmed from. You're not going to get sick unless you're walking around freezing with wet hair. It might um, suppress your immune system, right? You might get something viral. Um, but I don't think it's to, to what the extent because a lot of people used to do that. Well, okay. So if your body temperature drops, does that mean your immune system drops as well? So you're more likely to pick up a cold for a longer period of time, or if you're, Oh, so it's um, actually a thing. If you're immunocompromised, like if you're a baby, then Uh, yes, I don't think like a child or a grown adult would be getting sick from having wet hair. I believe we're talking about this on the podcast. My childhood body things. Surely I'm not the only one. There has to be someone No, you else. wouldn't be. You're, we're breaking myths. I'm sure we'll have someone correct us if we're wrong anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the podiatrist or whatever who told you. No, the vocal person. No, bless him. Good on that's him. That's right. All right. <laughs> moving on. Mental stress. Yes. Mental stress is a big one in the gym and it's not only, it doesn't go bad uh, one way, sorry, it doesn't go one way, it also goes the other. So I don't know how many people have misloaded a barbell and all of a sudden hit a PB. So that just goes to show how um, important our psychology and our mindset is walking into the gym. So if you're going Mm. in and being like, today's going to be shit, you know, I've got my period, I don't have any energy, of course it's going to be shit. Right? Mm. Of course it is. Mm. Um, so re- having a really good headspace and, and being in it and your post the other day about training is a meditation, mm. you know, it's really important to just go in and, you know, be so present and be okay with like not replying to people and like just putting your phone down and just being completely engaged in, in your training and, and um, visualization and everything beforehand. Yeah. And what inspired that post? I mean, you know, everyone wants to be at the top of the mountain hitting PBs, five by five, heavy stuff, but it's like going on stage without practicing posing ever. And then all of a sudden you expect to be freaking Beyonce on the stage. It does not happen because the stakes are higher. You're more nervous. There's more pressure on you and you're doing things with your body that you've never done before. It's the same with your training. You cannot expect to lift a hundred kilos if you have not done the same mindset work back with an empty bar. And that's hard because our phones go off 24 seven. We can, you know, Uber Eats, dating apps, everything that we ever want is Mm. just at our fingertips and we never have to be patient for anything anymore. So Mm. that is a big missing link out of people's training and their awareness. Like your mindset has to be in it. You have to Mm. be present in that moment. Otherwise you will not be able to feel the movement, feel the muscles working, concentrate on your technique. Um, Yeah. You, it's really important to pay attention and that's a big link. So Personally, for me, I've found a part of the day that works well with me for my mindset, because if I do it at the end of the day, forget it. I know I'm going to be still thinking about work. I'm not going to be able to switch off. And that's just me. Some people love doing their work and then they switch off at the end. But again, it's about finding what works for you. But I cannot spend hours and hours doing work and then all of a sudden expect to switch off. It just doesn't work. So that's why I do it in the mid morning. I'm present. Like what Mm -hmm. I said in the post, I used to sit in the car and do meditation before I walked in the gym. um, Mm -hmm. And that would really ground me for for when I'm training, because when you're about to do a set or push yourself to limits that you haven't before, you need to be fully there. Mm. 
Yeah, 100% because you need to be able to push yourself uh, mentally to get through some of those sets. Like yeah. if you're training, like if you're, especially on some of the machines, right? Like if mm. you're if you're on a leg press and you're like, okay, I've got 20 reps on here. Like that, if you psych yourself out, you're not going to do it or do it to your best intensity. So mm. um, I completely agree with you about, you know, the mindset work. I started journaling again this year and I've got to do it in the morning. Um, I am just so exhausted and so have so much mental fatigue by the end of the day, especially decision fatigue I just I can't I'm so tired I just want to sleep so if I think okay I'm going to do it at the end of the day you know I'll journal at the end of the day it doesn't happen so Mm. you've probably heard the um the saying swallow the frog like first thing in the morning you get the most swallow the frog so it's obviously not very nice not very comfortable swallowing the frog if you do it first thing um everything else afterwards seems easier so that's why in the morning i swallow the frog every day and i got an email i don't want to send <laughs> i don't even know where where it come from because that's it's different because normally you kiss the toad and you get your prince charming so you kiss yeah. it but you don't swallow it i'm all about just getting rid of it i don't want to <laughs> do it anymore i don't i got my prince it's fine <laughs> okay so swallow the frog do the thing that you're putting off early in the morning is that what it is yeah I yeah. love it. And then everything else seems easier. So, you know, when you put something mm. off and you put it off, like training, some people don't want to do deadlifts, right? But they're like, okay, Monday morning, first thing, I'm going to the gym and I'm going to do my deadlifts. Mm. And then everything else in the rest of the day that you've got to do, whether it's going to work and all that sort of other stuff, um, is usually easier mentally. Yeah. So, having a really strong mindset and also being okay when it's not, like just being like, okay, I don't feel my best today. What can I do to get myself out of it? And that's when we're just talking about self-awareness tools like um, journaling, for example. Yeah. So what did you do this morning then when you were a little bit, you know, you recognized that your training session wasn't going to plan? Like, what did you end up doing? I changed the program. So Mm -hmm. I stopped trying to force myself into doing things that weren't working. Um, You know, I just did a bit of isolated stuff. I did a bit of core stuff. I did a bit of mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, I did some machine work. I dropped the load, dropped my ego and just dealt with it rather than calling it quits or just allowing myself to get frustrated or push myself through it and get injured. You know, you've got options. So one true way to really screw up your training is to get injured. And I know Mm. that from personal experience. So, you know, I refuse to do that. Um, And I think it's just really important to allow yourself to feel those frustrations. Like it's okay. The feelings are fine. Like it's, you're not, you're not being trivial because you're getting frustrated because, you know, you, your squats aren't working for you. That's okay. You're allowed to feel that. But then just don't let it bleed into the rest of your day. So yeah. that's what I try and do. That's good. I mean, now that I'm reflecting on it, I um, had that today in a way. I mean, I had a certain amount of numbers that I wanted to have on the bar for a certain amount of reps and I just didn't feel like doing it on my squats. I just couldn't. I didn't feel stable and strong enough. Um, but obviously I don't recognize it as a bad session anymore because it took me this long to remember that it just happened. Mm. So what did I do? I put less weight on the bar, higher reps, and and then even less weight and did some pause squats, which is Mm. still part of my program, but I just spent longer on technique work. And then, um, you know, next week, because I did that technique work and, and pause squats, for example, I will feel better in my heavier lifts. Like you can always, for example, if you're doing low reps, you and it's um and you're not hitting the numbers that you want that's okay you can still make up for it in volume mm. so rather than you know five reps cool do 10 reps and get the volume up and you can still get volume pbs it doesn't have to be you know textbook so don't walk away 
keep going or if you just really are not in it know when to walk away as well yes yeah. yeah, it's really important. And it's a really good point there, Danny. And I think that bleeds into well, when we're talking about, you know, how do we manage these sorts of things now and mm. identifying that during the session is key rather than like getting home, wrecking your day and then, and then, you know, making it into this big thing that it, it just isn't. It's just about switching your path. And something I like to do mentally is be like, okay, switch from beast mode to technique mode, right? Ooh. You know, being like, okay, well, I like, you know, you you like to push hard in your sessions, but it's like, nope, switch. And now I'm here to focus on technique, drop the load, do a bit more volume, mobility. This is an opportunity to practice those things. So it's really just about that mindset to be able to do that and be a bit more yin and yang because people think that it's about, you know, like, oh, there's this balance with training. It's always going to feel amazing and beautiful. It's not. There's push and pull. So Mm. it's knowing like today I feel good. You know, I'm going to add that extra plate. That's okay. Mm. I'm going to push a bit harder. Today I don't. And Mm. if you've got that approach, it's not like you're earning the pull back, but it's sort of expected. Yeah. Well, with that, I really love that actually. Um, With technique work, you have to do it because strength is actually a skill. It is not like you get stronger when you get better at the movement. Again, I always use the example of learning to ride a bike. Mm. You get like, you can't just jump on it and then go a thousand miles an hour because you're wobbly and all of this. So you're not as fast. Now Mm. you don't become faster because your legs are bigger every Mm. time you jump on the bike. It's actually because you get better at the skill. It's less wobbly. You know, the movement patterns, then you can pelt it. And people Mm. often think I'm getting stronger because it's my muscles growing. Yes, muscle hypertrophy is a byproduct of that. However, the strength comes from the skill. And where how do we get skill? Through practice. What is practice? Repetition of the same damn thing over and over and over and over again. And how do we practice? We practice slow. Yeah. Be disciplined. Or just stop saying that you've got goals that involve getting stronger and hitting numbers you know, and go exercise and and do different workouts every time. And that's okay too. But I think, yeah, so many people just don't realize that training is repetitive. Yeah. It's practice. It's one of the main key principles of training is like specific, like being Mm. um, like strength is specific. For example, conventional deadlift, um, I should be stronger on that than what I am on RDL, but I'm not because I RDL more. So yep. it's just about understanding like whatever movements you practice or repeat, you're going to get good at. The the getting better at a lift is usually being able to lift more in it. Mm. And, you know, just because someone's strong as well actually doesn't mean that they're building muscle either. All you got to do is look at Olympic powerlifters that snatch ridiculous amounts of weight that don't have a huge amount of muscle mass because they're not doing the volume. They're not doing the hypertrophy work as well. So Mm. I think people get so fixated in, in that being like, Oh, wow. You know, she's squatting 110 kilos and it's like, She's probably been doing squats for six months and she's gotten really um, efficient at that movement. I thought you were going to say why. six years, but if it's six months, good on her. Jeez. Well, six years. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. not, as long as you need. 
<laughs> I wish I could squat 110 kilos after six months, but yeah, yeah. But, but you're right. Expectation. That's the expectation. Yes, actually, that is the expectation. And I've made mistakes in the past. And you know, you have someone come to you and they're like, "But I used to do barbell work, and I've been a trainer for four years. This, that, and and I should have known better." And then I put them on the barbell, and then they're like, "Well, my back hurts. Why does it hurt?" And this and that. And it's like. Oh. Should have just stuck with the principles as well that I that I stick to. But you know, we're all here to learn, and we want people to enjoy training. But then, as it's becoming more popular on social media and all of that, a lot of people just see you know people's best lifts and their best moments. They do not see the hours and hours of the same thing over and over again. And I just am so passionate about making that known. A, because it'll make your your on my job easier as coaches and other coaches, um, and just as a bit of a reality hit for people. That's, that's literally what it is. Yeah, you're right. And it just comes down to perspective and understanding. I just want people to understand that just because you can't squat a certain weight doesn't mean that like, you know, you're not strong in other elements or areas. Mm. You don't always have to be pushing for these extreme numbers because like what we said, all these areas can impact your strength as well. Your nutrition, your, your mindset, your, your hydration levels, your sleep quality, your HRV, all these sorts of things are going to directly impact the strength work. It doesn't mean that you can't apply a good stimulus to that muscle and get a similar outcome um, by replicating the time under tension and the movement patterns. So it's yeah. really important just to un- understand that from a training concept mm-hmm. um the other thing that i was going to talk about is um you know reaching out to people and being transparent like what we're doing here sort of talking about how our shit days impact us and what it feels like and being okay with recognizing that emotion yeah for sure and um, also asking yourself why does this make it a bad session is it actually bad like how I sort of asked you at the start, well, what is a bad session? And then mm. if you say you flick the switch from, you know, strength-based to technique-based, I think that's a good session. We just yes. have to recognise and catch ourselves out on our own rules mm. that we've created for ourselves. Because yeah. technically, you know, people who feel guilty for having a rest day, if they're really sick, I think that's a win because you've done something positive for your body. You're having mm. a rest, so your body's going to heal quicker. Therefore, you will get better results in the gym. Yeah. And resting is sometimes harder for some people to actually pull back. So it is a big mental accomplishment. Oh, and, yeah. you know, like I said, I find myself um, repeating as, as to what I would say to a client, but they can't all be bangers. Like you can't always have good sessions. Mm. And sometimes your, like, your worst session today would have been your best 12 months ago. So it yeah. really is perspective and being like, okay, was it a really bad session? Like, let me reflect about it. And that's what journaling is really good for as well, is just getting into some reflection work about your own training. Yeah, or put yourself in bed, have a sleep, wake up the next day and just bloody go to the gym and just yep. start again. Like sometimes you just, that's the cure for a lot of things. You just sleep it off and you wake up in the morning and things are just better. It's like, yep, yep okay, cool. Um, but also know when to rest because that mentality of, you know, the only bad workout is the one you didn't do, blah, blah, blah. Oh. That's all bullshit. Yeah, that, yeah that, that stuff drives yes. me nuts. It's like at this old gym I used to go to and on the wall it would be like any workout is better than none. And I used to see it all the every time I would like um, get on the treadmill, I'd see that above me. It's like any session or any workout is better than not showing up at all or something like that. And I was like, that's actually a lie. Like that's mm. actually, that's actually no, because not every session is better than not doing the session. No. Sometimes it's healthier to not go to the gym. Sometimes you mm. need a rest getting injured that's not a great session and it was so funny because i just go through this on the treadmill looking at it and i'm like take this sticker off the wall it is damaging 
<laughs> take this sticker down. Well, you're right. And yeah. for sure, there's a lot of um, catchphrases that we're trying to break, aren't we? A little bit controversially, but we, we're living proof of it. And we don't mm. just um, go around, you know, catching people out on things. I mean, we've just um, gone about our way of training and found something, found what works. And then we're just sharing that here. I think it's mm. cool that we can do that, but yeah, just take things with a grain of salt. Like there are so many rules and regulations out there, but you know, you have to just always reflect it back on you as an individual because only you know your mm. life, only you know what works for you. So yeah, yeah. reflect it yeah. back on you. Yeah. And it's the same as you probably heard, you know, gratitude affects your attitude. So being like, okay, maybe I didn't hit my numbers today, but I am so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for that I've got the knowledge to know how to change my program. I'm so grateful for these other things. Um, mm. And as you were saying um, before, it reminded me of, you know, back in the day before we all had iPhones, what did we do when the phone didn't work? You just turn it off and turn it back on. We'll just reset oh, yeah. it. So we just do that with ourselves. We're just like an internal reset button. Be like, it's all good. It's just frozen a bit. I'll hit it a few times, plug it in, pull it out, <laughs> blow on it. Oh, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, I want to sort of challenge you on that then, I suppose, because you started this or our conversation today saying you had a bad session. But what what were some things that you're grateful for in the session then? Today. I am grateful for my knowledge always when I have those bad sessions of knowing how to alter things and knowing that strength is specific and knowing how to apply the same stimulus in a different way or knowing when to call it quits. And, you know, every now and then if I get like a little niggle somewhere or something like that, and I'm like, wow, I used to put up with this on a really extreme basis. Mm. And now it's, you know, I know how to fix things. I know how to alter things. I know how to make my training work. So I think internal gratification for, you know, what I know um, I can apply now and do differently um, is something I always have. Um, and I'm always just very grateful for health. I think like, you know, we're both very fortunate. Um, you know, we're both very lucky in terms of health. Like, we we have our training yes um but we also have our health and it's definitely something that we should be internally grateful for mm. there you go that's nice what a way <laughs> to wrap it up are we gonna wrap awesome. it up there yeah, I think so. We've we've oh, nice. gone over quite a few key things and yeah. I think we just really wanted to normalise that, you know, having a bad training day is um, going to happen from time to time. It's going to happen and that's okay, but it's not about the bad training day. It's about, you know, how you use that, what you learn from it and how it rolls into the rest of the week for you. Yep, because there's always something you can do. Absolutely. Um, so again, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, let us know if you did. And we love seeing your reviews on um, the podcast app. So yeah. thank you so much for sending those in. It really is humbling when we read them. Um, it makes it all worth it because, you know, there's a bit of planning and organization that goes into filming a podcast. Um, we might rock up sometimes and wing it, but more <laughs> often than not, we are scheduling, prioritizing and organizing to make sure that we can put this content out for you. So we do appreciate that. And um, if you are enjoying the episodes, please do take a screenshot of this one and pop it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Danielle, and of course, the Level Up podcast. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>